Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 2021 is an exciting year in the history of Irish aviation as Galway Flying Club celebrates 75 years in existence. Due to the present COVID situation, the club can't celebrate this achievement as they would like. But this week on the podcast, we hear from Ian Fennell, chairperson of the club, and Cormac Carey, the head of training. We'll also hear some voices from among the club members, including Patrick Richards, J.P. Reynolds, and Bridie Mitchell. Ian Fennell takes up the story with a snapshot of today's club. Well, we've approximately 100 members, and obviously that flexes up and down at any one time, but we have two aircraft in the club at the moment, both Cessna 172s. One of the uh, aircraft, Echo, whatever, Hot Whiskey, is of the analog instruments, and we have one Charlie Golf, which is the full digital Garmin system. Combined with that, we've approximately seven instructors in the club, and interestingly enough, we have a group of instructors coming through. We are a, an ATO organization as well, so we have a crop of approximately five members making their transitioning from uh, being PPLs now up to instructor levels, which is very, very exciting for the club. And your, your location is interesting as well because, um, at, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're based still at Carnmore at the airport, but yes, it's not correct. a functioning airport for everybody else except yourselves. Except ourselves. We, <laughs> we certainly have the run of the place along with the HSE at the moment. Yeah, we've been located in Carnmore since uh, 1974, and, of course, the airport over that time was upgraded, certainly in the mid-'80s, to take the larger aircraft. But, unfortunately, <laughs> it ceased functioning a number of years ago as for commercial traffic, but we have continued to operate uh, out of there ourselves. And uh, we're also on the line with us uh, for this particular episode is uh, Cormac Carey. Cormac, uh, as the uh, head of training for the club, tell us what the what the, the challenges are for operating where you operate. The challenges, I think, for ourselves are that, first of all, we're lucky to have such a good runway, but I suppose the biggest challenge, Michael, for us as a flying club, is actually the weather on the West Coast. Mm. Um, One of the things that we uh, advise our, particularly our students, is to book a lesson for every week because then they're lucky (laughs) if they get one every second week. So, for example, just take the weekend gone by. There is only one flight recorded for the weekend, and, and that's what I did with a PPL in quite a strong crosswind. So none of our students actually got uh, a flight this weekend. So the weather is probably one of our biggest, I suppose, challenges. Uh, but that is also a good thing because that teaches our students and also our PPLs to be very much wary about looking at the weather, weather forecasting, and being aware of the environment in which they're flying. Uh, you were saying earlier you did a bit of a check flight in Galway itself. I mean, the weather changes from morning to afternoon and back again the following day. So that's probably our biggest ch- challenge from the point of view of flying. But also, uh, as Ian was saying there, a big challenge now is our ATO and managing that. I mean, like as a, a voluntary club, 
where as, as an ATO, we are regarded just like any other airline, like Air Aran. And that's quite a substantial challenge for me and my team of instructors to keep that not just going, but to uh, meet the stringent standards that are required to have an ATO, which we have in place, as Ian said, to train our own instructors. And that, that really is the future of our club. And, and that just brings me to another, as I suppose, challenge for the club because of, um, shall I say, the demographics of our instructors. We're all one medical away from not flying. <laughs> um, Who isn't? Our, medi- yeah. Yeah. our demographic, Michael, is, is the wrong side of 50 going on 60. Mm. So uh, for the future of our club, the biggest challenge is to have a group of people who are enthusiastic enough and talented enough to take on the role of future instructors for the flying club. I think I should clarify as well, you mentioned about going in for a check flight. In case somebody thinks I snuck into Carnmore recently in an airplane, indeed I didn't. That was back in 1981. We're talking over 40 plus years ago. <laughs> um, so just before anybody thinks again, as I said, I, I was doing a sneaky thing. Bravo India Bravo, I think was the aircraft I got to fly as well. So that's probably somewhere in the history, which, which we'll explore now in a second as we do that. Um, Ian, let's go back. With 75 years, and I suppose if we catch people up very quickly, uh, on the on the history, and then we can bring, work our way back towards the future. Uh, what was the story back in 1946? Back in 1946, the club was based over at a, an airfield closer to Oramore Village. And obviously, at, a, at its early days, the aircraft and the instruction, I think the instructors used to travel from Dublin back then, Cormac, to... to, to, right. to yeah. Yeah, so it was quite uh, an undertaking, as you can uh, imagine back then. But it, it did manage to, to grow and continue and ultimately relocated to its current environs at Carnmore in the middle of the 70s. But again, when it relocated to Carnmore, it was a much smaller airfield at the time. In fact, uh, our current ramp and run-up areas it was the old airfield then. And so in the middle of the 80s then, that's what we now know as the, the main runway was uh, was constructed. I have um, a certain memory of fla- landing between two stone walls. Wouldn't that be the kind of thing? That's, uh, <laughs> that, that would ring a bell, yes. And I can <laughs> refer to those two stone walls still existing. Here's Patrick Richards and J.P. Reynolds. It is a very beautiful place to fly in terms of scenery. Uh, we have f- the, the whole west coast is just fantastic uh, to fly about. The scenery is beautiful. We have mountains, we've got bogs, we've got... Um, We've got some beaches too, um, and I know it, it rains a lot of the time, but when it, when it doesn't rain, the place is very, very lovely. You can come up here, you can come up by yourself, or you can, you know, it's, it's always better to bring someone, because it's, uh, you enjoy it more if you're, if you're showing it to someone else. But you can take off, go over the city and see parts of the city that you would never see from that perspective, you know? Um, like when, when you're flying, you can look down at uh, certain um, landmarks around Galway, or even the coastline. And they look so much different from up top. You get you get a, a whole picture where you wouldn't get um, from the ground. We have members that have been here for 30, even 40 years, some of them, and they've been flying for that long as well. And the club itself is not a, a new club. Cormac, there's one other person I'd like to bring into the story as well on this particular podcast, and that is Bridie Mitchell. What's her story? Bridie has a very interesting story and background. Bridie retired from being a community pediatrician in Galway after many, many years, and then decided she'd like to learn how to fly. And she had been training for a few years before I joined the club. She actually did her PPL on the same day that I did my flight test for the PPL. But Bridie has been really the treasurer of all of the history of Galway Flying Club. She wrote 
a history book, I suppose, entitled Western Wings, which detailed a lot of the members, the members' activities, the instructors, and a, a general history uh, of Galway Flying Club. She spent a huge amount of time, effort, and patience going through our files, looking up old photographs, and putting all of this together uh, in one format, which is uh, called Western Wings by Bridie Mitchell. And and Bridie has been with the club for a long, long time. In other words, about 25 to 30 years now at this stage. She's not flying now anymore, but still has a huge interest in aviation flying. And as I said, she uh, still loves researching articles. As I said, she's still researching this particular flight from Galway to uh, Berlin. So she is a fantastic character who had a great time in Galway Flying Club. She actually came on some of the intercontinental trips with us as well. But as I said, she has coordinated the history of the club into this one particular book. Well, let's hear from Bridie now. This is from a video that you have in the club promoting what it is you do. Well, the survival of the Flying Club depends entirely on the people, the members of the club. And uh, there are still a number of very enthusiastic people. Now, many of these have been here for nearly 30 years. Now, some of them actually learned how to fly here, have moved up along the, the ranks and became instructors and chief instructors and that. So, yeah, we hope that it will continue. It is very, very exciting because you learn all sorts of things about uh, this thing course. And there are exams then that have to be taken in all the subjects, topics, from meteorology to um, general aviation, all aspects. So obviously, without us being able to go all the way back 75 years to some of the people that were around, let's go back to the two of you that I have you on the call tonight, uh, which is when you started. Cormac, do you remember your first day, your first flight? Where, what got you out to the airport? I do, I do. Well, uh, that's a that's a very good question, Michael. I believe it or not, I always wanted to be a pilot. When I had finished my leaving cert, I did actually want to join Aer Lingus. I applied for the cadetship as it was at the time. I got as far as the medical and failed it because you can see I'm wearing glasses and they didn't take anybody with glasses at the time. Yes. So I said, okay, off I go. Uh, so I went to college and the usual thing and graduated, started work. And I still had this thing in the back of my head. I want to learn to fly an airplane or I just want to fly. I, at the time, we just like we have now, we had trial flights. Uh, I went out and I bought a trial flight and I went for a trial flight with one of the instructors. That's all it took. I was hooked then. And it was actually in uh, the aircraft I was talking about. Echo India Golf Fox Charlie, Echo India Galway Flying Club, as it was at the time. And I was completely hooked. And the instructor was one of our most senior and very talented instructors, uh, a person called Mike Farraher. Mm. Uh, he, he's not actually instructing at the club at the moment, but he does a lot of ground instruction because he, he, I've forgotten more than he knows. You know that type of I, do. I know the kind of pilot you're talking about. You don't remember what it cost? I, off the top of my head, no. I think it was round about fifty pounds or something like that right. at the time. Uh, but but at the time, I mean, the cost was inconsequential. I just want <laughs> I just wanted to go and fly. 
So was that then a, a slow process PPL for you? If you're talking about the weather being a challenge, um, how long did it actually take you? It took me three years mm. um, to actually get my my um, PPL. But I mean, like one of the things that I always say to uh, our own students, I mean, like it's it's not how quickly you do it; it's the enjoyment that you have while you're doing yes, it, and it's exactly. your own it's your own enthusiasm, not just for flying but for aviation. So you're learning. You're learning about aerodynamics. You're learning about engines. I mean, like at the time we had to know about carb heat. I'm like, this is how far back we're going. Oh, still uh, do. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, as I say to as I say to our students, one of the one of the biggest thrills you'll ever have is not passing exams or skill tests. It's probably your first solo. Nice. And I can I can remember every moment of my first solo as it happened, even with an Aer Lingus coming in in front of me. It was a fantastic thrill just to be able to take an aircraft off the ground, fly it around the circuit, even better, land it safely and hand it back to the instructor all in one piece. This really was has, has been sort of my goal in aviation, is just to make it enjoyable, not just mm. for our students, but also that I continue to get a thrill out of it every time I step into the aircraft. What was the aircraft you soloed in? Uh, it was a, a Tampico TB9 Echo India Golf Fox Charlie. And it's something I suppose for you as head of training as well, um, you've probably let a couple of people solo and indeed prep them as well for their tests. <laughs> Do you have any sympathy for your poor instructor on that day? They they were actually standing on the side of the runway. The the cost of radios was quite significant at the time, mm. but, but the training was excellent. So in other words, you had a, a, a significant pre-solo flight before they actually stepped out of the aircraft. Uh, you had a lot of circuits, you had a couple of glides, you had a couple of emergency procedures, and also they judged by how you're handling the aircraft not just mm-hmm. your takeoff and landings, how you're handling the aircraft. And then if they're happy with that, they literally would just say, uh, after uh, you come in for a touch and go, and they might say to you, okay, I'm going to get out now. You have to go and do one on your own. And they'd stand at the <laughs> side of the runway, and off you go. That's how easy or difficult it was at the time. Ian, your story for flying, what got you into it? How did you end up out of the club? Well, I always had an interest in it, but probably like a lot of club members, I did get a voucher as a present, but I must admit, uh, as I was finished college, I did look at it seriously. In fact, I went out to Hered and did aptitude tests, and that's the training facility I was in South Spain, as most people would know. But I got nervous when it came to the financial commitment, mm. if I was honest. Things were going well with work post-college, and I just, yeah, I never, I never made the break. I suppose maybe my training as an engineer led me to be very conservative and prudent and, you know, gambles. No, no, no. So probably regret it to, the, to this day but anyway anyway around 2010 um i got the opportunity in fact it was cormac i think brought me up for my first flight uh, and loved it since then absolutely loved it so i just wanted to join the club pretty swiftly after that as soon as they let me in the door and you know i progressed it took me a little bit longer because i was combining it was work college mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to do a bit of flying so it took me about four or five years and by the time I got my license. Is your first solo also etched in your memory? Is it a red letter day? It certainly is because uh, the other man on this call here I got out. I was kind of wondering where is he going? Uh, <laughs> am I meant to be doing a shutdown procedure now or not? And he just waved me on. So I had to turn and taxi back out. And But it, as Cormac said, it, it was after quite an extensive flight with a lot of touching goals, a lot mm. of circuits, a lot of glides as he pointed out. The only thing that really stands out in the memory, of course, when you're flying a plane for the first time solo, when you don't have a passenger in, it, it the it's aircraft, really, it, 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 yeah, yeah, it does yeah. feel different. Yeah. And, but the weather was good. Uh, but I do remember it was probably the best landing I've done since. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a greaser. We have we've heard that one before. We'll be back with more after this short break. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. I, I suppose the other observation uh, for, for you both starting into flying and even the airplanes that you're flying in, and now you look at your organization and, you know, your ATO status and your digital aircraft, there's a lot of new regulation and there's a lot of, of, of systems in place. Uh, has it taken any of the fun out of flying or has it made it actually better? The regulations for me are good. I mean, like, that's the way I think. I think very, I suppose, strategically and very logically. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to work with the regulations, particularly sort of, those that are involved in training and instructing. It's it's good that you have a high set of standards to which we work towards so that we know that the students are safe and our PPLs are safe. Yes, it does it's 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 one it's one other challenge for us from the point of view of being able to stay on top of the regulations because my other instructors might ask me because I teach the air law through our ground schools. Mm. And they asked me, well, what's the regulation with regards to whatever, you know, the PPL or the uh, student pilot license? And I said, well, listen, I'm not going to answer that particular question immediately because I need to go away and look it up. And it's not, again, like the good old days where I used to go to the government office in Marlborough Street and actually <laughs> buy an SI. You've got to go look it up now on the EASA site because... It does change routinely, and it's the trainers or the instructors' uh, remit to make sure that they're updated with regards to whatever is there with regards to air law. Mm. So there there are advantages. There are some disadvantages, but we've got to work with it, and we've got to stay uh, at the standards that are required by the IEA for a training organization. Uh, But I think overall, Michael, 
it makes it for a safer environment for people who just come into a club and just want have are enthusiastic for aviation and want to learn how to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, and from your perspective as chairperson of the club too, I'm thinking about the challenge that every club in the country faces is what yeah. do you do with your PPLs when they've when they've got their license? Well, we try and generate as much club activity as we can. I mean, I know we discussed earlier, like, Unfortunately, our, our, our airfield is, is closed. We can't organize flying, which is, which is a pity. And it's something, you know, we'd love to be able to do, but unfortunately we can't. So it's very much down to ourselves to promote that as much club activity as we can. And of course, that's been hampered more recently as well with, with COVID. And we do try and interact with as many other clubs and facilities. And many of our club members would do fly ups to Sligo, et cetera, and out to Crockwell and other places. So, um, yeah, we very much, Try and keep our, you know, keep our own activity levels up, you know, once people start to qualify across the board, you know, mm. and there's a great mix in the club for that. The likes of the Aran Islands and, you know, we try, we try and head as many places as we can. Mm. What about some of the, the people who've gone through the club over its years? Have, have any of them gone on to, to, to fame, to commercial careers? Uh, certainly, I'll, I'll take that because believe it or not, for Air Aran, the airline, this is prior to as when it was Stobart, the uh, one of the chief training captains was actually an ex-PPL from Galway, a lad called Tom Byrne. There are a couple of people flying with Ryanair, and uh, we have one very talented individual, a lad called Brendan Grealish, who has recently started Transatlantic with Aer Lingus. He's one of our potential instructors as well. So uh, the answer to your question is that, yes, we've had people who have come in and just wanted to learn to fly, get their PPL, and I've taken it uh, certainly one step further than just PPL per se. Mm. But just also to add, I mean, like with regards to what we do for PPLs once they're completed all their training, because most people seem to get a greater kick out of actually their training rather than just having their license per se. I know what I used to do was actually myself and one other instructor used to take the aircraft abroad. So we've traveled all over Europe and we try and engage other PPLs to actually do the same thing and gain the experience because their training brings them to this particular level where they're using GPS, where they're using uh, a, a digital map. The aircraft are suitably, um, um, I suppose, kitted out for them to go abroad. And uh, this is what we've been trying to get people to do sort of as a pair. You know, you have two PPLs who go up and share the flying. One does the flying, the other does the radio work and the navigation. So it takes the load, so it means that they can go places, not just beat the circuit uh, for the, the next year after they get their PPL. It certainly broadens your experiences when you're flying in a different country, the uh, different uh, procedures that might be required. So, for example, if you're flying into Jersey airspace, if you've ever been in it, it's quite a busy place to get in and out of. And then just across the channel, or La Manche as they call it, and, and fly in French airspace, which is so general aviation friendly. It's a pleasure to fly around it, especially when you're going into some of their bigger airports. So all of this is an experience that's really in front of our PPLs, should they desire to take this on board. Uh, I know I thoroughly enjoyed it, and if somebody asked me to do it again tomorrow, I'd be the first in the aircraft, if I could actually do it. But I'm afraid our current... Uh, pandemic. I know it's it's, it's the obvious thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it almost put paid to people actually even doing a bit of normal flying as well. I just wanted to also check. You guys are award winning as a club. Yeah, we've won uh, two awards uh, in recent times, which 
for a club of our nature, being a volunteer club, has been a fantastic achievement. Um, so I think the last one is, what, 2018, I think, Cormac? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a massive achievement. You know, quite a lot of work went into the preparation of the submission, you know, on club's activities and in terms of some of the things that we have unique in the club. And I suppose one of which is unique is our own computer-based recording system, uh, our own flight track. And that's developed by members in-house uh, who have IT skills to be able to develop it and maintain it and yeah. do things. So I mean, we can actually log in online and book our flights and, uh, you know, check what hours are remaining on an aircraft, etc. And even when we're up in the clubhouse, then as we take out an aircraft, uh, you know, if there's a problem with the aircraft or something we should know about, it's all recorded there for us to see. So it's a fantastic piece. And it's the likes of that that, that probably fed into us being noted in the Aviation Awards, you know, when they see these sorts of contributions by, by by different members, you know. And this is the General and Sport Aviation Award yeah. that we're talking about as well. And I believe there's a chance we might see on the telly. Yeah, we've been working with Pat McGrath and Orla and RTE because of the 75th. And uh, they did quite a bit of filming over the summer, last August, uh, of the actual flying. And in recent times, they've done interviews with the likes of Cormac and, uh, and others in the club, uh, some of the other members on different points of interest. And uh, hopefully the programme will be concluded uh, early in the new year for broadcast. Looking forward to that. What 75? Five years then under your belt, what's next? What do you think the next, uh, well, say 25 years? No, no, not even go that far. What do you think the next two years are going to be like for us in general aviation? Uh, well, as a club, um, we certainly have had our, our, our issues with COVID and we'd like to get back to what we would see, a kind of a normalised activity where we can, you know, come and go and have good social gatherings up there at the clubhouse because that's, the, you know, the base for, for a lot of members, you know. So we've had a period of time, like everyone, you know, where it's been having to be, you know, quite controlled. And first, we've had to, during lockdown, stop because obviously the activity is, you know, effectively, you know, an instructor or a student or two people uh, in close proximity in the in the cockpit. So, you know, we had to be cognizant of all the health regulations recently. Um, and we'd love to hopefully see uh, back to normalised activity and get that social component running again in the club like it was before. Uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting time for mm. general aviation over the next couple of years because we're going to see a, a, a change in the equipment that we use. As in, if you just look at your own aircraft there, I'm like, to go out now and buy an aircraft that has analogue instruments in it, mm-hmm. you just can't do it now anymore. VORs and NDBs, they'll all become obsolete uh, within the next couple of years. So people will be using GPS uh, to a much more significant degree. And even our own ground course has changed, signi- changed significantly because the last one we did was the first time ever where we had to do it via Zoom. So we can, we, can put all, we can put all of this now in place. So I think there is certainly going to be fantastic advances for people uh, in genera- general aviation over the next couple of years. I mean, like the, the RAF, I don't know if you saw it recently, they flew the first aircraft to fly on synthetic fuels there just uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so will we be flying electric aircraft? Will we be flying internal combustion aircraft? Who knows? I'm mean, like, it's going to be a very exciting time for us, I mm. think. The, the look of, of uh, new training aircraft that are going to come on stream over the next couple of years uh, I can't wait for this to happen. It, 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 I think it's absolutely going to be a, a great time for general aviation over the next while. As we bring our conversation to a close, I always like to talk to pilots about not only their first solo, which you both remembered, but your favourite flight of all, the one that, that if you had it on tape, you'd rewind and watch over and over again. Cormac, do you recall a particular flight and, and just an aspect of it that sticks in your memory? I, I do. That, that's actually a very good question, Michael. 
I do. Uh, I'm like, I can recall a flight that I had uh, from St. Hilaire to Caen in the north of France in Brittany. It was just one of these days where everything worked. The flight plan went in. It was ready to go. The aircraft was fueled up. The sky was that deep, deep blue, gin clear. And we took off out of Jersey. And you could actually see the coast of France literally as we were climbing up to a 1,000 feet. And uh, we had asked, you know, can we fly low level along the northern coast of France there, which uh, like we, we like our history as well in Galway Flying Clubs. We flew over the D-Day beaches. Oh, very good, yes. All, all the way into Caen, and they said, not above a 1,000 feet. That suits us. So this was just one of these dream days where everything worked. And uh, again, on the approach in, it was made a little bit more challenging because they wanted to let a jet go. So they asked, would we land on a, gla- on a grass runway? It was just one of these days where I really enjoyed the flight. It was, the weather was perfect. The people I had with me in the aircraft, again, also, they enjoyed the flight and everybody was relaxed and we had a lovely meal afterwards then in the centre of Caen. What a nice glass of wine, I suppose, <laughs> when we were finished. So it was the end, really, to what I would call a perfect day. That makes that 50 quid spent a few years ago were all worthwhile then, doesn't it? Ian, yours well, is there a memory that sticks out for you? One yeah, that it's, it's, uh, It was one of the, the uh, solo flights leading up to taking the flight test. It was actually oh, from Galway. It was a long cross-country, you know, mm. the qualifying cross-country. Mm. And it was from Galway to Shannon, and it was busy in Shannon at the time, but it went very, very well. I always remember going from Shannon up to Abbey Shrule, just over, going up along Loch Derg and over Portumna, and it was just fantastic. You know, the weather was absolutely perfect. Everything had gone according to plan, and I remember just landing back in Galway exactly nearly on the minute on the scheduled, uh, <laughs> scheduled time, you know. And it was, it, Still to this day now, I remember. They generally are red letter days. Yeah. Of course, you guys are not in the least bit worried about crossing water if you're over to the islands all, uh, now and then. So, so trips like that wouldn't be too much of a challenge to you. No, definitely not. No. <laughs> a good few of the members as well are obviously involved in the Air and Islander service. So we're in and out there quite a bit, you know, uh, with both aircraft. And Cormac, there's one other flight, of course, that, that people might remember, which was the Round Ireland flight and the connection to your club. Yes, this was a flight that was undertaken by a few members from the club. Uh, Jarla Keneally and Pather Conroy in one aircraft and John McGinley and Peter O'Mara in another. And it was really to try and fly around Ireland and land in as many aerodromes, I won't call them airports, uh, <laughs> as possible. And uh, I think the Lucky Ducks actually managed to get sponsorship from Shell, as it was at the time, for their Avgas. It, it was a very enjoyable experience for them just to fly completely around Ireland, purely for the fun, and land in as many of the airfields uh, as is possible. Uh, we still have the map uh, and the number of airfields prominently displayed uh, in the clubhouse uh, at Galway. Well, if we can't fly in to wish you all the very best for congratulations, we look forward to maybe, uh, as the summer rolls out, seeing you guys at the airfields around the country. And a special thank you to Cormac Carey and to Ian Fennell for joining us on Squawk 7000. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Mike. Thank you very much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.